Welcome to the Apple on Sports Cover 2 podcast, AppleOnSports.com. His name is Mitch Light. My name is Braden Gall. Rate, review, subscribe. We do appreciate all of the feedback. We read all of that stuff. Podcast at AppleOnSports.com is the, is the email address, which is almost like too slow now for people. At uh, Athlon Mitch on Twitter, at Braden Gall, of course. Um, you can interact that way. We try to check and respond to pretty much everything. Uh, we're pretty proud of that, actually. So yeah, my, 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 feedback my, is welcome. My 17-year-old daughter started laughing the other day. She was on her computer. I said, what's so funny? She goes, so-and-so emailed me. Like, they didn't have access to their phone. Like, it was just, she's like, why would my friend email me? It's funny because I check email on my phone all the time. Right, but she, you know, it's so weird. Messages, yeah, yeah, yeah. Snapchat. Why didn't she Snapchat me? I, don't I think know. she knows. She never phone. I don't know. It was just yeah. like, uh, so we got. Uh, Back in my day, you called Steve down the street. You want to go play? Listen, you cock the wheels and you float across every time, okay? You never ford the river. You always cock the wheels and float across. It's always the case. Are you going to cut that part out? No. Okay. That's that's what I grew up on in grade school. No email, just Oregon Trail. That's it. That's all it was. <laughs> we, we we had to somebody got cholera and died. That's just what happened. And and the playoff rankings died last night as far as I'm concerned. Uh this is of course Wednesday we do our podcast on Wednesday. And um I I've got a couple of questions I want to ask you because I don't this is the first time where I was just totally uninterested in the rankings for the first time really in 5 years where I was just like so all those other times when you yeah. said it doesn't matter, you were interested, but that was just sort of like your yeah. Stick. I mean, I'm, yeah. Well, no, it's not stick. I'm just genuinely interested. I, it may not matter, but it's still I still may be interested in it. I was not interested last night. Didn't watch it for the first time in five years, and literally nothing changed. Ten teams won. Ten teams stayed in the same spots. I think we could debate. We can debate what's going to be a debate, right? Like Michigan versus Notre Dame, or premature debating. Oklahoma versus yeah. But it, it is. Here's my one. Here's the only question I want to ask you. Unless okay. you've got something that you want to really get off your chest about the rankings, is there a legitimate chance for Washington State, West Virginia, or Ohio State to work their way into the playoff? Those three teams, eight, nine, and ten in the rankings. Yeah, I think I've always said Ohio State, while not playing well enough to be a playoff team, sort of you look at their resume with what they've done and what they have. Ahead of them, you feel you sound very convicted. Could be a. Pl- I'm just thinking it through as I'm going. <laughs> like you know, basically they have an opportunity to beat the number four team in the country, and then win a championship. So that that's that's a good win, and then that is a winning a conference championship, which depending on who you believe and how much the, the make of the committee should mm-hmm. matter a decent amount. So a, a one loss Big Ten champ with a win over a top four team, and it's you know two weeks prior to the final ranking. That's a pretty good resume. And Northwestern is ranked. Yeah. And that's but, a, I mean, it's a good team. They're not yeah. a great team, but they're, it's a solid win to be well, Northwestern. What's, what's going to hurt Ohio State is the fact that TCU is nowhere near a top 25 team. And they, they don't even fall under, like we say, it's an arbitrary top, top 25. They're not a top 40 team. Right. So they're, 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 just, they're bad. They're god-awful. That's yeah, just yeah. not a good yeah. win right now. At the uh, time, it seemed like a good win. So, I, I see a path for Ohio State. Next, most likely to me, would be West Virginia because they have scenarios where they could beat Texas. They also uh, have I mean, a road game Texas. at Oklahoma State this weekend. Yeah, uh, which is a solid, not a great win, would be a solid win. And then possibility of two straight wins over Oklahoma or maybe a better scenario beating Oklahoma and avenging an Iowa State loss, which is now that I'm thinking about it, probably their best case. Like, we were awful that day. But look, we played them again and we beat them. So, and we're going to get to this. And also, it, sorry, it depends on what other teams do. Washington obviously. State clearly has the worst path. And I think the other thing is, for all of this to happen, you probably need Notre Dame to lose to Syracuse because, and Georgia to lose to Alabama. So that would eliminate three, four, 
five, and six from the rankings. I don't think LSU is in this conversation. I don't think there's a path for LSU. I was just curious because we sort of have the, those three teams, Washington State, West Virginia, and Ohio State, still, quote, eligible in the mix. But is it reasonable? Is it feasible? And I think it, I, I agree with you. I think it is for West Virginia and Ohio State, but not for Washington State, which is unfortunate unless there's a total collapse and Alabama loses a game and then loses again and – you know, Alabama's out. I mean, there'd have to be complete chaos, which is certainly possible uh, the, for Washington State to get in. And that was kind of the theme of the show. I did watch some of the ranking show last night. And on accident, right? It was. I was looking for college basketball when I got home from work. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, the rankings are on. I'll watch it. Um, <laughs> that LSU 7, there was a debate whether or not that was too much credit, whatever. But the point was it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're, they're not going to get into the top four, and those other teams will leap them if they, they do win? something good enough to leap them. So it's sort of like it's almost a placeholder. Like they're going to end up 7. Uh, another topic I want to bring up because it's not really rankings related, but um, I, I think this is a good year and a good time for us to reiterate, at least for me to reiterate. You can disagree if you'd like um, for me to reiterate. And I actually I'm going to drop this name real quickly. I, I, I talked to Reese Davis on Monday about this, and I've never heard Reese Davis more worked up in my entire uh, life. Did, did you did you send this, uh, yourself sort of a con- self-congratulatory tweet? Like I did. You got I did. Reece I was Davis genuine. Fired up? Yes, I was like, I can't believe I got Reese Davis to go into, like, trolley voice guy. Like, he was like, meh, meh, meh. Like, he was doing that voice, and I was like, oh, my God, Reese Davis is normally down the middle. Probing questions from I, Braden Gall. I, right now, we what are... For what show was this on? Um, well, I, I played it on my local show, but this was on SiriusXM. And okay. so, I, I, had, I was... I am looking across the landscape, and we are looking at a Pittsburgh. From sea to shining sea? Yep, basically. Uh, literally from Santa Clara to Charlotte. Um, <laughs> Pittsburgh is, is probably going to win the division and get into the ACC championship game. They've got to play at Wake Forest this weekend, and then they've got to play at Miami. All they got to do is win one of those two games, and they get in. Um, it's... It, Pittsburgh is likely to represent the division. Northwestern has already clinched it. Congratulations. Utah, Arizona, Arizona State are all still in it, but you know Utah one win away at Colorado from sort of setting the benchmark for Arizona State to have to win two games, which are two difficult games for them at Oregon, at Arizona. Long story short, and Iowa State could still very much be in the Big 12 title game, or Texas for that matter. Long story short, we have a bunch of four-loss teams that would be one win away if we lived in an automatic bid world. And Reese Davis basically said, I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't know if you can tell if I have an opinion on this, but I absolutely hate it. And then he went into like trolling voice where he's like, I probably should have just played the audio for you guys on the show, but he basically went into trolling voice where he's like, oh, you didn't even win the division. You don't belong in the playoff. You didn't win your conference championship. You don't belong in the playoff. He basically says, I want to eliminate that from the conversation. And I could not agree with him more. The argument to be made for automatic bids is that it opens up at this. Let's say this week. We're going into week 12, right? Week 12 of all those teams I just mentioned would still be eligible for the playoff, right? So we're opening up the teams from 9 to about 15 or 16 that are still eligible to make the playoffs. So we're opening it up to more people. Great. For what? 35-point underdogs in round one of our playoff? Bad playoff games? I, I'm just it, To me, this year feels like a good time to point out that automatic bids isn't winning it on the field. It's getting lucky by winning a bad division and then maybe getting lucky in a one-game situation where Michigan and Clemson get knocked out of a championship because Northwestern and Pittsburgh play one really good game. So I think it's a good time that I want to point out this is not the way – I don't want those teams in my playoff. The stakes are different 
but it's sort of like the argument of conference championships, like in the, the Big South for college, college basketball. basketball it's a, it's team, almost identical. Yeah, a team – everyone knows how it works. You, you, you go the whole season, you go 15-1 and one in your league, and then some team that went 8-8 eight and eight comes and they get hot and they win a game. It's fine. I have – It's great theater. It's great television. But it's not what's best for the tournament, and it's not what's best for OVC when Belmont goes 30-3 and three, and they go 16-0. and 0, and then they lose to a 14-16 and 16 team in the second round because the one guy got hot and shot the ball well. It's, it's, not, it's not, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. Fair is not the right word because I'm not a life is fair kind of guy. But Yeah, well, the, the, the whole playoff started with the, the first committee. One of the top parameters was conference championship. Like, it matters. So that's where if they would not have made that such a big deal, when the committee, when the playoff first started, I don't think people would be as hung up on this. I don't think they. I, See, I don't think they follow I don't think through they, with it, but they, it, it is one of their bullet points. But it's but it's more of like a tiebreaker, though. Is sort of, is even how they've explained it because they can always back their way out of everything by yeah. saying the job is very simply four best, and that's it. Everything else is just noise, and which is what which is what they might have to do this year with Michigan and Notre Dame potentially. Yeah. It, I I, I, tend, I agree with you, not as strongly, but I agree with you that I want to. You know, I. I you don't think it's a it's a it's a case to sort of hold up as a warning sign for this is what automatic bids could do to our sport that Michigan, Clemson, and Washington State and Oklahoma could all be knocked out of a playoff by teams with combined fifteen losses, and those teams I mean, can make it into the playoff for you and to, to make that case. <laughs> sure, I, the chances of that happening aren't great, but they could happen. I get it. And 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 to your, I think you're like every person I bring this up to. They almost always go to the college basketball small conference conference tournament analogy and it's identical it's exactly what 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 i am except those are that's one of 68 spots versus of course and it, it's a team that you're not you're knocking out a team that's not going to win and even belmont in its best seasons ceiling is let's say sweet 16 you're talking about knocking out a clemson team right that has a really good chance to win a national championship but if you're that good don't lose that game no no i i agree but if you're if you're 12 and 0 and you have one slip up well, Georgia slipped up against LSU. You know, Michigan slipped up against Notre Clemson Dame. Slipped up against Pitt. Yeah, that's what that's what yeah. I'm saying. If yeah. you're 12 and 0 and you lose an automatic bid game because somebody, some guy just goes crazy or there's a fluke bounce or whatever, you, you want the seat. People are always using the phrase "play it on the field, win it on the field." And I go, well, what does the regular season count as then? Isn't that winning it on the field? I mean, yeah. you play 12 games for a reason. Those are the 12 games that matter, not just one where all of a sudden you just pull an upset and all of a sudden. You know, seven and five Pittsburgh is, is an eight seed in our tournament. I, I just don't want that, um, and I think we're headed that direction. If it does expand to eight, I think there's going to be automatic bids, and I just want to be. I just want to fire the warning shot now and say, this could be the world we but, live in. But okay, where Northwesterns and, and it's not an it's not an anti Northwestern or Pitt stance. It's just you lost to Akron. You don't deserve to play for our national championship. Period. And full. full okay, stop. okay, but eight. Then you've got eight uh, eight spots. I'm just devil's advocate here. Northwestern makes it. Or let's say Northwestern loses, Pitt makes it. Well, Clemson's so good, they're an at-large. It's only going to affect a few teams every year, and if you're that good, you're going to make it as an at-large. I would hope that would be the way to correct the potential mistakes. Yeah. I think you have you know, maybe five automatic bids, one group of five, mm. and then two at-large. And you know how I feel about that. Two at-large. I don't think the uh, group of five should be included, but that's just me. Uh, all right, I just wanted to point that out because we are facing a very strange championship Saturday coming up this uh, this season. For okay, sh- for since, sure. since you uh, – since you took on topic number one, I'm taking on topic number two before okay. we get to the games. All right. Starting 11 coming up soon. Okay. Um, After the break, which there will not be. We have no be. breaks. Okay. Yeah. Um, By the way, you're welcome, Cover 2 audience. 
for not having advertisement. That's all I'm saying. So carry on. Okay. Topic two. <laughs> uh, advertisement. What's that? Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, so Gabe from Bellevue brought up a question the other day, which you quickly dismissed and then changed the argument a little bit. Could a group of five all-star team that was an actual team beat Alabama? And you're like, no way, no way. And then you framed it. Could a group of five all-star team compete for a league championship? So, and I still say, okay, another listener, no. a friend of the pod, Bill from Tucker, Georgia, called me the, the other day <laughs> and suggested. I got a few tweets about this. Oh, okay, it suggested I do some research. I did this morning some quick research. Mm. Oh, Just, please tell me about Khalil Mack. I can't wait. <laughs> he's hurt. Um, from the last two years, the 2018 and 2017 NFL draft. Okay. First four rounds. Okay. I've filled out a Oh, okay. I filled out a complete all-star team. Okay. And this doesn't even include current, are, so that's but I, These are NFL players, not necessarily best college players, right? In right, theory. but but in theory they're good college okay. players cuz they've drafted in the NFL. Okay. So well, we have this that is debate only, all the time this though. This is only a great college player th- th- semantics. This is okay. this is only 2 years, so in theory you'd have 4 years of that. Okay. You know, wide receiver core of Cortland Smith, Anthony Miller, Michael Gallup, Taewon Taylor, Zay Jones, Taquan Smith from UCF, running backs like... Where's Corey Davis? Huh? Like the most impressive group of five yeah, receiver you, in the entire right. country. Okay, you know what? Because I had so many, I was going backwards, I <laughs> didn't put him down, but of course. Uh, running backs like Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, Ito Smith. Okay. Uh, offensive lineman, you know, not that's household the, names. But that's the issue, though. Is the line of scrimmage. But all these guys, all I've got seven guys from the last two years only that are in the NFL. Sure, every Alabama play, all, <laughs> is every is every Alabama offensive lineman playing the NFL? No, no, no. I, I, so, I, so, I so, so this is the point. So all you, you're, I, I have a team here of nothing well, but going, NFL players. You just you gave me running backs and receivers. Okay, the, but, the two most meaningless positions on the offense. But you're, you're not. A lot of these guys are household play, names. Who's playing quarterback? Well, Josh Allen was drafted, but I go McKenzie Milton. Well, I would McKenzie. go. I would go Carson Wentz almost. Okay, but, that's, but that was I think th- that's three years ago. Yeah. So again, th- there's there's options. McKenzie Milton's a great right. college quarterback. Right. And your your argument would he started Alabama? It doesn't matter. And I follow I follow the angle. Okay. I follow offensive the lineman Forrest Lamp from Western Kentucky, Austin Corbett from Nevada, Will Hernandez from UTEP. Yeah, Taylor Moten from Western Michigan, Antonio Garcia from Troy, Deion good, Dawkins. Very good players. I'm second, not, yeah, I'm not denying NFL that. players. Uh, defensive lineman Marcus Davenport from UTSA, Larry Ogunjobi from Charlotte. Ooh, that's a good name. Deidrin Sanat from USF, Terrell Basham from Ohio, I mean, great Al- player. Ed Oliver would be in this group. Sure. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch is on the Cowboys from Boise State. Hassan Reddick, outside yep. linebacker from Shaquem Griffin. Temple. Yes, Mike Hughes, Shaquille Griffin. Shaquille. Why do I Shaquille and Shaquem. No, twin oh, brothers. Right. Okay. There's two Griffins. <laughs> um, and then some safeties. I wasn't, oh, I've heard the names, but Tarvarius Moore from Southern Miss and UConn had a good football player recently. No yeah. chance. Obi By- Mellon. Byron Fuller. Jones, by the way, I believe is starting for, for the Cowboys. So point being, this is just two years. All Only the first four rounds. There's seven rounds in the NFL draft, and I've got a pretty good team here. I, I'm not denying you don't have a really good team. I, I, the, the issue is depth. The issue is... Well, again, I could. this is only four rounds, uh, okay. and I, only two years. I do not think they beat Alabama. Okay. I don't think, I think it's they even, could. I don't think it's close. These guys are all... Okay. Top four round NFL picks. Alabama doesn't have a two deep of all top four <laughs> uh, round NFL picks. Do they have forty four four guys? Years worth of it, probably. They have forty four guys who are top four. That's too deep. No, but they, if you give me forty years worth of draft classes, you can probably find a lot of a lot of dudes that get drafted. I mean, I think I think Bo Scarborough was like a seventh round pick last year. Um, could I, you could you admit that maybe possibly you were a little too quick to to dismiss? 
I I don't know no, about you you no. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that. Fine, I was too quick to dismiss. I, I don't think though that <laughs> so, the depth is still my ma- the line of scrimmage depth is still the the big concern. Is that when when, when okay? But I found I found seven offensive linemen in in, in two drafts. I, I and I'm I'm I, I understand. That's really it's a really interesting exercise. I'm not denying that. I. Yeah, I, I, it's it's a fascinating. It's a fa- it's a far more interesting discussion than would Alabama beat an NFL team. That right, that yes. I just don't find interesting at all anymore. Twenty eight point favorite Buffalo Bills. But I, have you seen the New York Jets play football? Yeah, well, they didn't have their they didn't have their quarterback who throws um, like four interceptions a game. No, he doesn't. Sam Darnold's awesome um, at throwing interceptions. Stop it. Josh Allen throws interceptions. A lot of them. Not Sam Darnold. Settle down back there. So, <laughs> right there, I'm right here. Yeah, I know. Um, so, I, listen, I think it's a fascinating exercise because um, I saw people t- people were tweeting me a bunch of great NFL players, and it was like Khalil Mack and all these uh, – and, and, but it was over like a 10-year period of time. Like Big Ben is the co- the quarterback and Khalil Mack's the defensive end. I'm like, yeah, if you get 15 years' worth of players, you can build a great team. You have done a far better job of making the point. Or I guess this is uh, Bill from, from Tucker, Georgia. Yeah, well, he suggested yeah, I did, I did the research. The it's sort of like a team, you know, oh – Recruiting rankings don't matter. You know, look at Jay right. Cutler. Well, you know, there's. Right. I'd rather have. Oh, Malcolm, five, but Malcolm yeah. Butler made a great play in the Super Bowl. Okay, one guy, one undrafted free agent. Well, made he was. One that's play. a bad example, wasn't he? At a. No, one one undrafted free agent. Malcolm Butler was a. Uh, he was a USA, right? South Alabama. No, he went to West Alabama, but he was a, he was at a. I think he was at a P five school and got. Uh, uh, okay. Either way, the point is, is for every. Undrafted I was just eager to point or, out that or, your example was a bad example. Well, then look it up and double-check and give me some actual facts then instead of just guessing that you got me. Because I've been getting you on facts on this podcast you, the last couple of weeks pretty badly. Just what about when you said the, the Vanderbilt, Missouri game, how they were trailing the whole game when actually they were ahead the whole game. When did I say that? The, the last pod. Listen. Listen true. to it. Erroneous on both counts. He, was, uh, he finished his career at West Alabama. Uh, I'm going to make you do this now. Vicksburg High School, Heinz Community College. Yeah, you're not. He right. went somewhere. You're not right. Uh, you got background music? Oh, you're so not right. Started for three years at Alabama. <laughs> See? <laughs> Point proven. <laughs> for every two star that's in the Super Bowl making one play, can I finish my point now? Th- there is a massive list of five-star players that get drafted in the first round and play at Power 5 schools, so... Uh, it's purely anecdotal. The the guy that makes the big play in the Super Bowl, who happens to be a two star or whatever, like it's it's purely anecdotal. Um, all right. So uh, actual news. Can we talk about actual news? Um, is that okay? I'm just still trying to figure out how many SEC schools that Malcolm Butler <laughs> played for before in his career. Are you, have, you have five more seconds before I move on to actual news that people I'm care about I'm because we talked it. a lot about this team and this coach on uh, Monday's recap pod and now it has not been official right Colorado's you know athletic directors come out and said no no we're not making a move but it has been he didn't say that he just said we were evaluating yes so he he made it actually worse by saying by not saying anything definitive but it has been reported out there that Mike McIntyre will not be back next season we both thought on the pod on Monday that that was a little bit premature um, I, th- y- I, I think y- when you package it with some of the other things that went on, it's not that big of a surprise, but we were, we're just two years removed from this guy winning basically every single award on the planet okay. for being a great coach. So. Um, he did a very good job at San Jose state too. So he's, he's at least he had proven at a previous stop, but he's 14 and 38 
in the Pac-12, and that includes an eight and one season. Now, hmm. back back up though, he took over. I think we sometimes we overuse the term like train wreck. He took over a tough situation, but there was a stretch there where Colorado basically made no financial commitment to its football program. They hired John Embry because he was an alum on the cheap, right. and he did a bad job in difficult circumstances. Which can continue to set back the, the next guy. Right. So so Mike McIntyre goes 1-8, 0-9, 1-8 his first three years. That's so not good. Um, then he went 8-1. and one. So um, I looked this up the other day. I don't think Rick George hired him, but I could – George's only been there five years, and this is uh, McIntyre's six years, uh, sixth year. So, I'm not good at math, but – Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, it's – Interesting because they got off to such a good start. They, they were a fun team. But, you know, in that division with USC not dominating and UCLA down, there's no excuse for Colorado to be consistent last place team. Now, like I just said, the resources, the commitment hasn't been there. It's been better recently. But Colorado may be slightly miscast in that league, but it's a school that won a national championship. I don't think it's, I don't think it's miscast in the league. It's just new – I think it they works. should be better. They, they recruit Colorado. They recruit California, California at a high level. They're a good academic school, but they don't have a strong recruiting base. We talk about a lot. Yeah, but I, but I mean, does Utah? I mean, are they? Is it? Is Utah have a better? I mean, Arizona right, but, but and that's, Tucson. That's, that's like, my point. Like, it's frustrating for Colorado to see what Utah's doing consistently good. Like, why can't we do that? I think they have stability and investment and patience. I think that's. The, I mean, I think the investment has got to be. See, that, there. That, that's the counter argument to firing him. That Mike McIntyre has proven he can. Can do it there. He won a division, pr- proved at a different school. He can do it. He's not a guy that's been an absolute train wreck, so that's the argument for some stability. So we got Kansas, we got Louisville, we got Maryland, and now we probably are going to have Colorado. Who would be your first three calls? You are now the athletic director of the Colorado Buffaloes, and Chris Fowler sitting next to you probably. Um, who who do you call? Yeah, so the one thing about Colorado is there's not an obvious fit. Like, you know, I I've talked about – other schools like Kansas and even Maryland, Lance. I love Lance Leopold for those two schools. I don't know if, you know, why, why wouldn't he be a fit at Colorado? Because the location, it doesn't really matter. So if I like him for those other schools, it's we're sort just like kind of talking Matt, this through. Well, it's the Matt Rule to Baylor thing. There right. was zero connection to the state of Texas. But if you're a good coach, you're a good coach. Yeah, right, exactly. Let me throw out a weird name for you. Well, a weird guy who I think almost took the Colorado job before Tennessee became available. Butch Jones has proven that he can coach football when it's not, like, the biggest job in the world and he has to, like, get all weird. Like, would he be okay at Maryland or Colorado? Has he learned some lessons and can just go back to just being a football coach? I don't know. The stories you hear about the athletic department are the scary things. It's not about the recruiting or the even the coaching necessarily. It's just that the the athletic department was in such a disarray. But you can you just you, sort of wonder why that was the case. You can and also argue lack of player development because they recruited so no, high. I agree. And look at their team right now. I agree. You know? I, no, I agree. So, you know, yeah, that's, I mean, like to me, I, I may rip on Les Miles for not being a high-level game manager or an elite-level, you know, X's and O's guy, but I think he runs a stable program, and I think he has he's a good recruiter. And, and by the way, Kansas, I believe, was down in Baton Rouge yesterday visiting somebody i'm assuming it's not dave aranda <laughs> um i'm assuming dave aranda not interested in the kansas job i'm assuming it's less miles i didn't know he still lived down there uh but i i and i like brett bielema to me for kansas state for example I, I feel like there's guys that are more stable whereas butch jones feels like i don't know maybe it's just the reporting coming out of tennessee at the end of his tenure that just made it seem like it was just such a weird mess and the talent development wasn't there and all that other stuff 
but but he won at Cincinnati. Yeah, and he won at Mississippi. So, now he didn't build those programs, right. but he won there. So you, you know who you know it seems like it's a weird geographical fit, but it's from style what of about play. Gene Chizik too. What about what about does he want to coach again? Uh, yeah. What about Neil Brown at Colorado? That feels right. Yeah, even though it's a weird geographical fit, just offense style. No, 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 no that feels right. It feels there's something about that 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 feels right for sure. Um, I'd say Lance Lee. I'd go Maryland. I'd have Lance Lee. What about what about Jeff Tedford? Too, I think he's too old. Too I old? think he's settled okay. in as alma mater. Okay. And he's done, doing a really good job yeah. there. Um, um, all right. Well, it'll be interesting to keep track of. There's not even actually official news on that yet. We're just sort of speculating here on the pod. Uh, all right. Uh, real quickly, the Urban Meyer, Zach Smith. Uh, first of all, Zach Smith, go away. Like, stop tweeting. What, you're, like, one thing I'll say about this before we get to games, because I'm not going to get off on too big of a tangent here on this, but just, like, how is it that you can equate what you may or may not have done to, in your life to what Tom Herman may or may not have done? That, that's what I don't understand. And fans, how, how is it that you can equate it? Let's say everything is true about everybody. Okay, one guy cheated on his wife. The other guy did all these other awful, horrible things that are criminal. I, I don't understand. Like, I just don't understand the, the – why is it that he can – I don't know. Does that make sense to you? Like, that's – It's just spiraling and he's just, Yeah, and then know. there's this whole new story about the, the, the Grimes kid that leaves and goes to Florida and – you know, Brett McMurphy back involved in this. The most interesting thing to me about all of this is is not really like I, I feel like a kid leaving a school under some weird circumstances really isn't a huge story to me. Is that weird to not? Now I think the circumstances that are being reported yeah. are they're, they're it's salacious because it's tied to Zach Smith and and racial slurs. I mean that makes it salacious. And frankly, that player was from St. Thomas Aquinas, which is one of that's where the Bosas went. That's where Giovanni Bernard went. That's where James White went. That's where Ohio State goes in and gets the best players from Florida. It's, it's the best high school in the state of Florida from a producing talent standpoint. They want to other make than sure, IMG, which doesn't really which count. Is, yeah, it doesn't count. I mean, I understand why you'd want to cover it all up. I just it, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Now, unless there's a physical altercation where a coach physically is hurting a player, then that's a big deal. That's a big problem. Um, uh, to me, the bigger story is how it's all being reported, like the, how the media and the fans and the school are interacting is just odd to me that they're threatening lawsuits against a reporter. Uh, that's just new territory. And I don't know if it's because of the political landscape we live in where a reporter just gets killed in an embassy across the world and nobody cares. I think it's a factor. I, I, that's scary to me that we could be on a podcast saying something about somebody and all of a sudden be sued because our opinion is that so-and-so is a good coach or a bad coach. Like that's that's a scary world to me. The lawyers from UNLV are they're calling, they're calling me because I didn't say good things about Tony Sanchez. Uh, yeah, very, <laughs> very interesting, difficult situation. Uh, there's been some thought, and I there's been some talk out there from capital J journalists on Twitter about you know the fact that Brett McMurphy is no longer at an ESPN or no longer have the editorial standards at stadium. Are they different than they are with an editor at ESPN? I, I know Brett McMurphy yeah, personally. I, I, he's, he's, he, he's, contributed has, to, uh, he's an Athlon Sports former contributor. I, I, he has taken ethical journalist classes and has been trained in the ethics of journalism his entire right, career. So this is, his this, track record is basically spotless. Right. His track record is spotless. But the, the – each co- different companies you work for have I, different I don't, standards. Right, but he, I, I trust the person that have the standard. Because, frankly, ESPN, not to call out an entity here, but ESPN has done that whole Sources McGee thing. I mean, that's that's why, they, that's why they hired McMurphy in the first place is because McMurphy was beating yeah. him to every single story. So they, And they just would say sources and then not but cite changed, the actual source. They've changed that now. And they've changed that now. But th- So I I, I don't know. I um, and, and I'm going <laughs> to – I don't know. Just I don't really have a lot to add because I know this is this is also a bad weekend for college football games. So this is partly yeah. why we're having other conversations today on the pod. Um, I do. So this is what I'm scared of. 
Because I'm going to start this week with a game I didn't list in my starting 11. With a game that nobody cares about. Doesn't have any importance for college football playoff or conference championship. People care. Or division race. The the team's involved. I want to ask you a question. And this is where I'm nervous about getting sued. I don't want to be sued by one of these two programs. Okay. Do we need a disclaimer at the beginning and end of the podcast? Is the loser of the UTEP Western Kentucky game the worst team in college football in 2018? Asking for a friend. Is that a felony? Two to four years in jail? I'm, that's why I'm asking for a friend. Uh, no, Rice is the worst team in college football because Rice lost to UTEP. And okay. Rice has one win. They beat Prairie, They had to rally. They beat Prairie View A&M in week zero on a walk-off field goal. Nobody on any podcast will give you better analysis of the worst team in college football than right there. Yeah. Sean Stankiewicz at quarterback. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, he, I, I, I'm worried for your, your children's future. In this world, my, my children are fine. <laughs> okay, they've overcome a lot of adversity. Me and the uh, all right, quickly. Uh, Utah State at Colorado State, Nevada at San Jose not, State. Not uh, not not top eleven, but I'm just telling you because conference races are getting down to the wire here. Uh, how about so Nevada Nevada at San Jose State, Utah State at Colorado State. Um, there's some some matchups there in the Mountain West. Track if you're tracking. If you're tracking the Mountain West, uh, we're not going to bring up the collision course in the MAC because those games will happen um, pretty oh. quick, pretty quickly after our podcast Great. is over. Oh wait, no, no. But the Northern Illinois Buffalo uh, trains are on on track to, to need to call it twenty. Stretch it to a full. Last night after the big go for two rant, remember your go for two yes. rant. Western Michigan at Ball State, literally in front of tens. I'm, no, that's being a little generous. Oh. Um. Ones and twos of yes. people. Western Michigan <laughs> in overtime. Ball State starts overtime. Ball State's three and seven. Western Michigan's battling still alive. You, for the, you've already talked too much about this. Shut up. Western Michigan in Ball State overtime. Ball State scores first in overtime. Western Michigan cuts it to one. They go for two to win it on the road in Muncie. Chilly night. And basically, it was Penn State fourth down redux. They did some sort of like oh God. handed off play oh, for brutal. like a half a yard. So they I went still for love two. the call. They went for two. Still go and for they two. Didn't make it. Always go for two. Now here's the case. The, the counter is like you're probably the better team. So let it you, let it play itself yeah. out. All right. Well, now I'm totally distracted because that was that was important. Okay, it was a follow up from a pod discussion. Okay. All right. Okay. Buffalo, Northern Illinois on a collision course. We'll see if they win this week. Um, ULM at Arkansas State. Yeah. I'm just trying to bring you – I'm bringing conference championship knowledge from the group of five. Yeah, ULM's on a roll. Early in the pod. ULM wins this. They pretty much – 30 minutes into the pod. Yeah, they pretty much win it because they'd be two up on Arkansas State with the tiebreaker, and they believe they beat Louisiana, the Raging Cage. Oh, yeah. Did they play yet? That's a rivalry game. Got to throw out the record. Are you going to comment on the Nevada, San Jose State, and Utah State, Colorado State, both teams in the race in the Mountain West? Yeah, well, they both should win because they're playing bad teams. Yeah, Yeah. both teams should win. Uh, The only other one to talk about there, San Diego State at Fresno State, but we'll get to that one in a minute. Um, Memphis at SMU. Big one. uh, Well, there's there's a huge Thursday night game, Tulane, Houston. Tulane, Houston, and SMU are all tied with two losses. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and if Tulane, Tulane has lost SMU beat Tulane and SMU's beat Houston. So SMU is in the driver's seat. Yeah. So SMU, they got to beat Memphis. They got to beat Memphis Thursday night. That's a big one. Yeah. So, okay. There you go. That's that one Saturday. See? Yeah. 
Uh, look at me. Dropping proud proud of five now. Yeah. I'm super proud. Okay. I love chase. I love track and championship races. So group you, of five. you start. You start group of fiving. You get group of yeah, five. About week of, in the year. Yeah, I've had, a, I've had an infection for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, there is no cure. No cure except Tuesday night football. That's no, you cure. just claim mythical national championships and make two hundred million dollars in free marketing dollars, and then you don't make that the money. And you get that media coverage. Okay, but you don't make. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. We've had this argument. You know what I mean. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk uh, conference yes, USA? I, I wanna, no, I want to end. Okay. Oh. Um, FAU at North Texas, yeah. last year's championship game on a Thursday night in Denton. Yeah, get the get the coos out of your system here. Okay. Uh, well, you've already talked UTEP, Western Kentucky. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much it. MTSU playing their third SEC team yeah, at Kentucky awesome. this week. SEC East team, too. Yeah. Uh, all right, which brings us to our starting 11. Okay, your starting 11. Number 11, San Diego State at Fresno State. Lots of division championship implications here. Except San Diego State has not been good at football lately. They, they, Fresno. I'll, I'll remind you of what Fresno did last. They week. lost to UNLV. San Diego State That's lost to UNLV, who was reeling last week. They've lost two of three. They lost to Nevada. They only beat New Mexico by eight. San Diego State has really struggled in the past three weeks. I think Fresno State wins big. Okay, I like that. I just wanted to throw. Out, is UAB at Texas A&M more interesting? Than, than that one, San Diego State and Fresno State. I think so. I think it's it's okay. because this is one of those Interesting. when it was scheduled did not appear to be that big of a challenge, but I think Texas a will have to sweat a little bit to win this game. I agree because the SEC slate is obviously going to be another topic on the show today, and that is don't get angry at the SEC. Get angry at your own league. If you don't like what the SEC does, which I don't like it as a fan, but if I'm running one of those programs, I want my team to take a breather at this time of the year so that it can prepare for right. a big rivalry game, than... a college championship game, and a playoff game. If I'm a fan of one of those teams, I'm okay putting up with the Citadel or Idaho or UMass or Liberty or Rice or Chattanooga because it means my team is going to be rested for a big game coming up next week. Don't get mad at the SEC for outsmarting your conference. Get mad at your conference for forcing your teams to play tougher games. It's not the SEC's fault that the Big Ten doesn't allow this to happen in their league. Does that make sense? Yeah. And Blame I... your own league. And I can say this because Northwestern's a contender because they won the division. Northwestern, I know they're not FCS teams, but a lot of Big Ten teams play bad MAC teams in Week Two. It's just yes. when, it's, it's when you play them. And do you think it's a surprise that Penn State's playing Rutgers, Ohio State's playing Maryland, and Michigan's playing Indiana this week? No. Do you think that's a, do you think that's coincidental? No, I think it was convenient scheduling. Yes, or exactly. smart scheduling. So Michigan and Ohio State, although Ohio State might actually have a tougher game than Michigan this week. Um, both get a little bit of a breather before they play each other. Uh, the SEC schedule. It, 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 I'm going to go through this because we're, we're not. Com- there are three conference games. We're kind of going out of order here. Um, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Those actually are pretty interesting football games. All three of them should be good um, games. I think the spread's pretty. Well, the Missouri-Tennessee game's are at five. Ole, Vanderbilt's like a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Ole Miss. Ole Miss and Vanny's always really interesting. Yeah, Mississippi State's uh, 20 over Arkansas. So, of the other ones, Citadel, Alabama, MTSU, Kentucky, Idaho, Florida, UMass, Georgia, Liberty, Auburn, Rice, LSU, UAB, A&M, Chattanooga, South Carolina. Really, the only one of note there is UAB, A&M, and then maybe Middle Tennessee and Kentucky. Yeah, I was, I, I was thinking Middle Tennessee, because Kentucky's kind of reeling, that Middle Tennessee with Stockstill could give them some trouble. But if you think about it, that's just a bad matchup. Middle, what's Middle Tennessee's problem when they play SEC teams? Physicality. Yeah, physicality they get yeah, over, yeah. and that's what Kentucky does. Yeah. Um, all right. So he, here's the – I want to read off the point spreads in the top ten. I'm going really out of order here today. Yeah. It's a bad week, college football. Alabama's a 51-point favorite. Clemson, 
28-point favorite. Notre Dame, 9.5-point favorite. You know. Probably the best game of the weekend. Michigan, 28-point favorite. Georgia is a 43-point favorite. Oklahoma is a 36-point favorite. LSU is a 43-point favorite. Washington State, 10-point favorite. Okay, mild, mild intrigue there. West Virginia, only a 5-point favorite at Oklahoma State. And Ohio State, a 14-point favorite. There is two-point spreads under 10 points there. So and one's 9.5. And one's 9.5, exactly. So that brings us to... This will explain some of our t- starting 11 and as to why you're not going to hear a lot of big-name teams here. Number 10, Pittsburgh at Wake Forest. Pittsburgh wins this game. They clinch the division, and they go to the ACC title game. And they have, we talked on the Monday pod, have really created an identity in the past month of running the ball. You know, just 200, I think, what, 400 yards rushing one week, 200 and 400. Or it's been incredible. Wake Forest, give them some credit. Jamie Newman, backup quarterback, comes in. They're down 10. NC State season's going spiraling out of control. Defense they, played relatively yeah, well. Yeah, and they rallied. Made, their receivers made some really, really good catches in that game. Um, yeah, I, I think Pitt wins the game, but it would be very ACC-ish if Pitt oh, loses yeah, of this course. game. And then has to win in the final week Yeah, to clinch it. Uh, I like. I think Pittsburgh, too. I think the, the running game there is too like There's nothing too fluky important. about what they're doing. They're running no, right, the ball. Right. You know, that, that doesn't – that travels. The more, running game travels. More than one guy, too, um, running the Two football guys. for them. Uh, and, Not at the same time. And sometimes the quarterback. That would be illegal. Number nine, well, that's what the that's what the mesh point's all about. It's c- trying to confuse the defensive lineman that maybe two different dudes are running the ball. Oh, that's okay. that's what That's called strategy. Um, number nine, Utah at Colorado. Obviously, all the things that are swirling about the Buffaloes, um, Utah can set the bar in the Pac-12 South at 6-3. and three. If they win this game, they're in the clubhouse. Arizona play. State controls its own destiny, yes. but they've got two more. They've got two, they've got two games. games. So Utah can set the bar and say, all right, you're going to have to win both games, Arizona State. So if they win at Colorado, which um, I, that was an identity win last week for for them. Um, without backup the, running. Right. Shelly without, at quarter, true freshman at quarterback, backup running back. I think, I think Colorado reeling the way they are with all the swirling news. There's distractions there. I think Utah, from an identity standpoint, goes in there and sets the bar for Arizona State and says, listen, 6-3 and three is what you're going to have to do to win this division. That would be one hell of a season for Utah, especially considering the injuries. And the 0-2 start. And the 0-2 start. I, I like Utah to go in there, Kyle Whittingham's team. The identity wins out. Concur. Nice analysis. I agree with everything you said. You? I said it too. I said it's it all right. on Monday. The, you're just, the Utes are mine. I get to talk I about the Utes. I said it on you're Monday. Right. You're stealing all my thunder. You're right. Utah's my thing. I get to talk about Utah. So, um, Number eight on the list, Ohio State at Maryland. I thought it said Ohio versus St. Mary's. <laughs> Ohio State <laughs> at Maryland. <laughs> Am I could be a good mid-major. You, you read the wrong dash. The I dash know. Is, but uh, listen, it's only a 14-point spread, I guess. There's a chance you're on the road. Is there any chance at all that Maryland just has like this inspired moment of – challenging because listen this is like the i mean this is obviously from an off the field storyline standpoint a terrifying football game between ohio state and maryland because of the two storylines the locker rooms galvanizing for very different reasons or being pulled apart for very different reasons we have no idea where that where what headspace either one of these two programs is in ohio state can't stop anybody sometimes maryland's unbelievably good and sometimes maryland's terrible in a the least shocking news Reported yesterday that a Maryland or this week a Maryland quarterback has torn his ACL. Oh, yeah, I know that's I hard that. to believe. Casim uh, Hill. It seems like it's been like 15 years of this. Casim Hill tore whatever ACL he tore yesterday this week. He tore the other one last oh, year. God. Uh, so Tyrell Pagrome, I assume, who had a really nice game against Texas week one of two seasons ago. He's a capable player, but yeah. um, so tough break for them. They have not played great of late. Um, they rat like they kind of rally. This is like a culture bowl. 
Like I yeah. don't I don't know what to think of this. I, I could I could see Maryland playing well for some reason, but I could also see Ohio State and Dwayne Haskins. You know they they know they've got Michigan coming up. They need to work out the kinks, and they could still have a chance to get into the playoff. I just don't, they just not, they're just not playing like it. Here, here's Maryland's last five games from a scoring standpoint: thirty four against Rutgers. Zero against Iowa. 63 against Illinois. Three against Michigan State. See what I'm saying? 32 against Indiana. See? They score points against bad teams. They don't score against good defense. How do you know? And Ohio State's not a good defense. Right. So, so I, you giving Maryland a crack at this one? No. Okay. I like Ohio State. Uh, Daniel Jones and the Duke Blue Devils at number seven visit Clemson. Four touchdown underdog, but Daniel Jones is quickly moving up NFL draft boards. He's into the first round now. He's a junior, too. Of think, projections. Right? Um, and they will be playing Clemson uh, in Death Valley. This is a, of the of the big teams. This is interesting to me because Duke's won seven games. They're seven and three. They're they're not a bad football team. They've been good on the road too. So I I found this one to be mildly interesting. Keep an eye on Clemson and see what they do. Yeah, and and um, hopefully Daniel Jones can stay healthy against that defense. He came back amazingly quick against uh, what he broke his collarbone in week two, I think, and came back like two weeks later. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Clemson's just – their defense, again, I know Boston College backup quarterback and all that, but they basically – they did shut him out as a special teams touchdown. Duke likes to play those low-scoring, ugly games, though, sort of like – and this ha, this could, this has the feel of the Mississippi State game for Alabama, right? On the road against LSU, big physical opponent. You come back, you still win 24 nothing, but it's a little slower than you think. But, but the Mississippi the same State feel. defense is much better than any side of the ball for Duke. Uh, that, yeah, you know, I, thought, I agree. I mean, I got Clemson big, but yeah. I just I'm, I find that one to be intriguing. Okay, uh, in a weekend with with yeah, this is very the, little know. intrigue. Arizona State at Oregon, fun game. Herm, Herm. you got Justin Eber, uh, who's going to be like the number one pick in the draft. I like to think if Daniel Jones isn't, um, yeah, of course. Uh, but Arizona State has to win to keep up. If they lose, then it, Utah controls its own destiny in the Pac-12 South. This is a, I think, from a stylistic standpoint, this is interesting. It's a good uniform game. Arizona State's got a fun offense to watch. Oregon's got a fun offense to watch. I, I think this is a this is a good, fun, interesting football game. You got Nicosi, Neil, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, Harry. Good, yeah, I know, I know. Good skill for both teams, but real good skill at, at Arizona State. Um, I like Arizona State on the road, but Oregon's Ooh, been interesting. Arizona, yeah, Arizona, Oregon's been inconsistent. Again, I think Oregon week, wins. Last week, I don't ask me to explain why. See, I would think you're, you're, you're. I, I don't want to call you anti-crystal ball, but you're not a believer. Not yet. So after we've last seen week, some moments of, after last of, week's loss to Utah with backups everywhere, can he come home yeah. and rally the troops? That's. I think it's an important game for Colorado. Put it that way for Oregon. Uh, for, for Oregon, I think. I mean, for, it's a huge game for Colorado. Yeah. Arizona State, Oregon's a big game for Mike McIntyre. Yes. <laughs> um, the more, no, I, the no, more I, I think about I, it, I think from you a, def- from a, defining for, this off season for for Oregon is big in the next couple of weeks because they're not really playing for anything from a division standpoint. But what are they sitting at right now? What's the record? Six and four. If they beat Arizona State, they're six and four, three and four. And they beat and they win the Civil War and they finish eight and four. It feels a lot different than seven than and five. seven and five. It just feels different. So. I think this is a big game for both. Now, obviously, Arizona State playing for a lot more. They're playing for a division championship. So the odds would tell you that Arizona State. Uh, Arizona, who also is still in the mix for the Pac-12 South, goes to Washington State. Now, this is I put this one at the at number five, it, frankly, because Washington State is still technically in the playoff race. They're a one-loss championship team. And, frankly, this is Gardner Menchu versus Khalil Tate. It's an interesting matchup. Uh, it's two good offenses. You got the Palouse. You got I don't know. It's just this also has fun written on it as well. This is why Utah Colorado is at the bottom of this list because it has less fun written on it. 
Yeah, and we we talked on Monday about Washington State taking care of business at Colorado, and this is, just seems like another one of those. You're better. I don't know if they're more talented, but they're a better team than, than Arizona. You have so much to play for now. From a winning the division, there's really not much to play for. They lose this game, it doesn't matter because it's going to be a winner take all Apple Cup. So you're saying from Washington State standpoint, yeah, Arizona, yeah, could still get in. Yeah, Arizona State. More things have to happen. I guess Utah has to lose to go to five and four. But I guess Ari- it's not that crazy. If, if Utah, Arizona wins out, wins two games, they, they if can Utah get... loses, Arizona controls yes. its own destiny. I don't know yes. which game is first. Um, Ooh, that's that's true. I don't have the timing on. That. Yeah, I would so, imagine Pullman's later, but who knows? Just because it's further west. Just because it's Pullman. Yeah, <laughs> I okay. Um, um, I don't mean that to be disrespectful. I just the, the broadcasting networks do. Um, so yeah, it's that's why when when I was doing the show prep for this, I was like, you know, looking around. The Pac-12 has the most, first of all, because they all play each other this week, but there's so many teams that are still alive. Oh, it's very interesting. There's so many games. And then a game when, you know, you got a Colorado coach who's maybe on the way out. So yeah, that Stanford adds and Cal is a great historic rivalry. Right, USC-UCLA, you know. It feels too early for those. UCLA-USC games are always early. The big game is There's only early. one more week of the season. You know that, right? I know, but it should be the last. The big game should be the last weekend. Because there's only 13 weeks is, this year. Is the... Uh, so wait, the, you didn't put the big game on your top eleven. Mm-mm. Big game for Justin Wilcox in year two. If they could be, if they could, they could, they got a chance for the first winning record. Well, in like the f- and 13, 14 first years. win of a USC since whatever it was oh three oh four. Also talked to him on Monday. Um, all right, I, I'll. Do you, do you when you're on other shows? Do you go? I talked to Mitch Light. And he said, <laughs> Everyone goes who? Uh, no, there's a long list of really good football games that didn't make this list because they're all about the same from basically yeah. four or five down. There's about 20 games that are all about the same, with the exception of the top three, which we're about to get to. Uh, after we cover this one, which, of course, will be game day, Cincinnati at UCF. Am, am I wrong to think that this game is overrated? I think... Does that make me a poo-pooer of the group of five, or do I just think UCF is that much better, and they're at home? I would. I wish this game were in Cincinnati. Cincinnati is good. They are legit. They've been pounding teams. They beat... They lost to Temple in overtime, a game they had won. Watched a decent amount of the second half of the game. They had that game won, lost in overtime. And then they won the next week at SMU in overtime. I'm looking up and down. It's really the only time they've been tested. Uh, they I, open I, up at I, UCLA. This is a, this I think is a UCF good, wins big. You know, you're probably right. But I think from a national standpoint, it's like UCF's schedule was so soft. We knew yeah. the back, two, back third was – was when they were going to be challenged. They were challenged by Temple last Thursday night. Pretty sure Alabama and Clemson would have been challenged by Temple and Cincinnati back-to-back weeks. That's a really tough gauntlet to run. You think so? Really? I'm surprised you say that. I know. It flies in the face of all that I believe in. But <laughs> man, tough, tough month of November. Gauntlet with a capital UCF. G? Um, uh, give me Mackenzie Milton. I, the, the quarterback now, of the, 22 group, of, straights of the group of five. Teams. 22 straights a pretty great accomplishment. There's no question about it. It would be. But, would it be fitting if they lost? Yes. On game day. No, of course. Like I'm expecting Cincinnati it's, to win it's this ABC game. It's the ABC primetime game too. It's not I, like that's what I'm saying. It's either going to be a blowout and a non-story, or Cincinnati just blow. Like Cincinnati wins thirty-eight to ten because Luke Fickle can coach defense, and everyone's like, "Oh, <laughs> oops, <laughs> guess we were wrong about UCF." Well, remember Houston that one year? Yeah. We were like, oh, my God, Houston's going to be amazing. And then they, and they smoked went, Oklahoma. They went 5 and we were and like, three oh, my God, the they're great. And then they lose to UConn and SMU. And you're like, what the hell? They went 5-3 and three in the AAC. Yeah. Oh, that's what that's what happens. No, Okay, now now for some real football games. Top three big football games here. Which one's better? West Virginia at Oklahoma State or Iowa State versus Texas? You have them properly ranked. 
So I've got number three, West Virginia at Oklahoma State. Right. The Iowa State-Texas is a better game because... It, first of all, it's more important. Yes. Because the winner of that game, both teams are going to win out. Both teams play... Both teams are going to win out. Um, I don't have the schedules in front of me, but they, they, they are not going to be... They will be heavily favored in their final game. Iowa State is at Texas, Kansas State, and then on Championship Saturday, if they're not playing, they play Incarnate Word. Oh, right, right. And then who's Texas playing the final week of the season? Um... Shouldn't they play Texas A&M? Wouldn't that be a yeah, good game? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, uh, They play uh, Iowa State this week, and they go to Kansas. So Texas should beat Kansas, and Iowa State should beat Kansas State, right? No reason for those two. So what that means is the winner of this game will have a potential tiebreaker over the loser of the Oklahoma-West Virginia game. So that is how important this game is. So West Virginia has to survive their trip to Oklahoma State, which is no easy feat the way – that offense is playing for Oklahoma State. That's a tricky game, only a five-point spread. I, I like West Virginia to win that game, but it would not surprise me if Oklahoma State won it. But the winner of the Iowa State-Texas game is, depending on who wins the Oklahoma game, is going to have a tiebreaker. So this Oklahoma-West Virginia rematch is far less pl- like less likely than people think if you really look at the the, the scenarios. If because, these teams take care of business. Because both teams should win in the final weekend. Yes. Both teams should beat their their season finale game, which is, again, Kansas State for Iowa State and Kansas for Texas. I, I think Iowa – if this game was in Ames, I would be t- I'd be all over Iowa State. I think they're the more consistent team. They're the more dependable team. But because they've got the, the young quarterback on the road, I'm taking Texas. Interesting. Who's undefeated? Brock Purdy undefeated. Yeah. I agree. I thought Texas was a gutty win last week. Um, can we do a final four in this league? The, clearly, there's four good teams. So just play one versus four, like on a Wednesday. That'd be fine. And get ready for. I Saturday mean, I Wednesday. would be fine with that. I don't yeah. care about player safety. No, just just <laughs> come on. A little toughness. These kids did that. It's interesting how important this game is, though. Yeah, it's huge. Um, Iowa State again has been from Owen for Owen three. To yeah, six, zero and three so. to six and three. Maybe they won a game, but no, they, I think it's six straight. Yeah, they. Uh, no, you might be right. It might have been. I got it. Right maybe it's here. five straight. I think it's at minimum five straight. Yeah, they they beat Akron, something that the Big Ten West champ couldn't do. Um, Take that. So yeah, they lost, you know, at Iowa, Oklahoma, beat Akron, lost. That, they would love to have that TCU game oh, back. God. Lost seventeen fourteen there. Because still, Oklahoma on the road and and um, Iowa, those are not bad losses. Those Oklahoma are, at home. Oh, at, at, at home. Those are not yeah, bad losses. Not at all. Um, I like Texas, but I what's the spread? I mean, basically. Probably a pick them almost, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say Texas by a couple of points. I don't yeah. have it in front of me. Um, but I would say, uh, again, I it, it's just fast. Is this the best it, defense Texas has played this o- year? Oklahoma is at risk of missing the Big 12 title game if Texas wins this game. It's the Oklahoma-West so Virginia. It's, it's Friday night after Thanksgiving, it's right? It's at West Virginia. I mean, this game will – they Oklahoma fans should be rooting for Iowa State heavily. Yes. Because if Iowa State is the third-place team and you lose to West Virginia, you get the rematch. If Texas wins the game and West Virginia loses, West Virginia gets the rematch. So it's 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 50-50 one way or the other, but it all depends on who wins this game. It makes for a really fascinating matchup in uh in down in the 40 acres there. And then Syracuse, number 1, Syracuse. There's one other big game we're going to talk about after this one, but Syracuse, Notre Dame, Yankee Stadium, strange venue, strange lines. You know, I'm not sure, you know, Notre Dame's offense Gets Ian Book back. He's now the, he's back into the starting lineup, which is just fantastic that we have we get to say the phrase. Their starting quarterback was rested against Florida State in order to play Syracuse. I love that. Um, but interesting, interesting matchup. 
This is about Eric Dungy to me and that Notre Dame defense. Yeah, because Syracuse did some really good things against Clemson. We can talk about the, you know, offensively, Clemson wasn't then what they third, are now. Third string quarterback, too. Yeah, they're, they're offensively, they're a different team now. But they're the same team defensively. And not that or uh, Syracuse went up and down the field all game, but they had some success moving the ball. And I've said all season, if you didn't know who was who, you'd say Syracuse was a better team for two-thirds of the game. They, they played – I like with the confidence they played. And I think from what we've seen from Dino Babers, I know you can't have a moment on a neutral field at a, at a, at a, major, baseball, at stadium. a baseball stadium, <laughs> but the moment I don't think will be too big for them. No, no, I agree. I think this is a D, that's Dino Babers. That's the, the Dino Babers. But I, I think we're kind of underselling Notre Dame, how good they've been. They, they're, they're just, they've got a good defense. Their quarterback is good. They've I mean, Dexter a, Williams is an explosive player. But they've got they, good weapons at wide receiver. But their offense, I mean, they're four, I think they're 46th in the nation in yards per play. Their defense is top 10. They're they're a little bit more un, in unbalanced. They're less balanced than I anticipated statistically, when I started looking at the numbers. Um, their their offense has not been as explosive as all the other teams in this conversation. Even Michigan's offense is is twenty spots higher than Notre Dame. They've been pretty consistent in yards per play. Uh, they only went four point nine against Pitt, but other than that, they've been above six every game since they made the quarterback change. First few before the quarterback change, four point four, five point eight, five point one. Then everything else been above six, so yeah. they've been better yeah. since the quarterback change, you know, which we thought. And the, the, I just I like their, their ability to like balance Syracuse outright. Whoa, I like Syracuse to cover outright. Syracuse. Are you wishing this? Dino Babos was Dino Babos. Is he imaginary play? I don't know. Uh, are you wishing? I know you're. This is I, this is not a anti Notre Dame take by you. Is this a? Are you wishing this for chaos? Like you just want this to happen because nothing fun's happened in the past few weeks. Maybe that's in the back of my head. I think Syracuse is a good football team. I just Eric Dungy is a dynamic weapon. Two losses in the week after Clemson in a hangover game. They lose in overtime at Pitt, who's by the way going to win the division. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this has been a good football team all year. That's the thing. Is this is the, like you said? They won't be. I think if anything, they play up to the moment of of the gravity of the situation and. I, I don't know. A ten and two season is a lot to play for when you're Syracuse, and you haven't had that kind of year in a long time. I think Notre Dame's the better team. I think Notre Dame should win the game. Notre Dame's better on offense. They're better on defense. Uh, there's no reason to take Syracuse here. I, maybe I am wishful thinking here, and it's not an anti Notre Dame slant. It's just maybe Notre Dame bringing out of the picture cleans up the playoff picture a little bit and makes for better games because I do think Notre Dame would get smoked against Alabama, but. I think Syracuse is good. It's this is more about Syracuse being good than anything else. But although by, oh, by the way, it only took us like 50 minutes to get to the best game of the weekend <laughs> in our preview podcast. Do things a little differently. So it's a different yeah. week. Yeah. So I'll take Syracuse outright. First, I'll say, I'll first take, big upset I've called in a long time. I'll so take we'll Notre see. Dame, uh, but Syracuse to cover. Um, all right. I'm, we got to go really quickly through these games here because there's a lot of games, and we're not going to talk about many of them. And I feel bad about that, but we spent time talking about other, th- other stuff today. we got Missouri-Tennessee. Drew Locke on the road. Jeremy Pruitt trying to prove himself. Um, Opportunity for Tennessee to get to 4-4 four and four in the league if they win this game and beat Vanderbilt, which would be a nice accomplishment. I mean, seven wins potentially would be huge after 0-8. Virginia-Georgia Tech, that's an interesting quarterback situation there with Bryce Perkins and um, Taquan Marshall, two teams that still are, are up in the standings there in the Coastal. Uh, Indiana-Michigan, eh, not, nothing much there. I can't. I don't see Indiana. Michigan State at Nebraska is pretty interesting, I like actually. Nebraska. Outright. Outright? Yeah. Uh, the offense is wow. is, is uh, been consistent. These two teams are kind Adrian of. Adrian Martinez is good. Man. Yeah, they built. You know, they're kind of opposites. You know, Michigan State great defense can struggle to score. 
yeah, opposite right. for Nebraska. I just think they're they're trending in the right direction. Northwestern Minnesota. Suddenly, resurgent Gophers have been rowing. The, the problem they were rowing the boat the wrong way early uh, in the year. Up, they upstream. Tur- they turned. Now they're downstream. Yeah, downstream. They, okay. Like this is easier. Stanford Cal, the big game. Yeah. Another decent game. I wanted to go Cal, then I looked at some of the numbers. I dove a little deeper, and Stanford's just the better team. Stanford's favored too. Uh, Wisconsin Purdue, like Purdue, these, are, these are supposed to be decent football games. Purdue laid an no egg. love on our podcast. Purdue laid an egg last week. Oh God, UAB Texas A&M. We mentioned that one. Uh, the game, and somebody on Twitter pointed this out. I wish I could remember the the tweet, but somebody on Twitter said we agreed on our, and we need to go back and double check our road trip from the summer that we always do on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Nowhere to be mentioned on this podcast, a game that was on both of our road trips, I believe. Miami at Virginia Tech. I know. Worthless. Not interesting. Afterthought now. Sorry, Shane. USC at UCLA. I know. Just sucks. Although, Clay Helton, if they lose lose that game, that could be the final straw for Clay Helton. Um, When they get Notre Dame, too. uh, Boston College, Florida State. Ranked team on the road against Florida State. Not meaningful. This is just ridiculous. I'm with you. I'm, yeah. Kansas, Oklahoma, Penn State, Rutgers, NC State, Louisville, Iowa, Illinois, Oregon State, and Washington. Ugh. TCU Baylor is supposed to be a great game. TCU Baylor doesn't even matter. They played like a hundred times. First, first uh, year of the playoff. What five years ago? This these were teams five and six, and now it's they can't even make bring goals top eleven games from the week. Baylor could be pretty decent this year, actually. And yeah. then Texas Tech, Kansas State. Is it? We've seen uh, one of the final games uh, of the Bill Snyder era. Yeah, maybe so. But like, look, that's a lot of games that could be competitive with Utah, Colorado, or Pittsburgh, Wake Forest. Uh, it's kind of we didn't need you either need to do like a top five games or a top thirty games. Yeah, exactly. This week, yeah, maybe top one game, maybe three. Uh, all right, the biggest, most important matchup of the week. I am favored by seventy two percent to beat you in our first round of our college fantasy football playoff league. The winner goes to the championship game. I have corn dog. And Dwayne Haskins, you have Purdy and Jordan Tamu from Ole Miss. You're benching Khalil Tate against Washington State. I am also benching uh, my player for Arizona as well, J.J. Taylor, who's you, been great. You know what? Big advantage for me. Do I play Bryce Perkins against Georgia Tech? They could play ball control. I don't know. I have. I don't know. I think I have three Vanderbilt guys They're playing, playing Ole, Ole Miss. Miss. <laughs> it's all right. I got Kalijah Lipscomb, so every time. Yeah. I'm just, I just need them to go to Kalijah Lipscomb when they score. I'm going to be like on the sideline be like, I got Dexter Williams. I got Dexter Williams. I got, I got. I'm all on Oklahoma State here. I've got Justice Hill. I thought I was the higher seed, wasn't yeah. I? Among yeah, you seed? are. I'm favored by a large margin. How's that? I, because I have a better team. I have Justice. Well, Michigan, hang on, Michigan. I, yeah, I have t- Taylor Cornelius, Tylen Wallace, and Justice Hill playing against West Virginia's defense. That's not fair. You get the Ole Miss Vanderbilt game with the quarterback for Ole Miss and all the Vanderbilt players. So Ole Miss Vanderbilt and West Virginia Oklahoma State will likely decide. Yes, you and I. Moving on, who moves on to the our college fantasy official, playoff I, I set my initial lineup yesterday. I got to go back and revisit it. I've got basically I've just Khalil Tate, Brock Purdy, and you, Jordan. You benched Puka Williams. I know that was tough. You're gonna have put, to though at Oklahoma. I, you know, I, I put Kadri Olson in over. Puka yeah, that's what I was. Like I was hoping you'd yards. leave him on the bench. Yeah, against Wake. And then I got I got, I got Ro- Miles Gaskin. I got Rodrigo Blankenship. who will kick about. Well, that's probably he probably won't kick any field goals against UMass because they'll score. Here's touchdowns. the question: Do I play Penn State against Rutgers or Miami against Virginia Tech? Which defense? One is projected to score twice as many points as the other up, one. Can you pick up the uh, Ole Miss defense? Are they available? Mm. I see what you're doing there. Okay. Come on. I got to win this game. I got some really good players on the bench here, dude. Was this, is this a 2-3 game or is it a 1-4? It's 2-3. Two, 2-3. Three. Two, three. You, you were the 2. I was the 3. 
It's a big game. Is there any money involved in this league? I forgot. Yeah, yeah. There's money on the line. Yes. Yes, Got to feed the family. Yes, there is. I got... You got little kids. I, I need Corn dog, baby. Corn dog. I think I might need to bench Brian Edwards, though, against uh, Chattanooga. I don't know if that's going to be a big matchup for him. You don't think they're just going to run? Yeah, I got to find out. Ball? I got to find out. Otherwise, I got – it gives me more reason to watch the Notre Dame game if I put Jamal – or uh, uh, the Custis kid in there, the wide receiver for Syracuse, because then I got Dexter Williams and a Syracuse player. It gives me more reasons to sit down and watch the best game of the weekend. So, I really – that's all I care about at this point. I just want to see good, good football games. I'm all over the good games this weekend. West Virginia – you got Purdy, and I, there's lots of stuff to watch for yeah. our fantasy matchup this yes. week. All right, uh, picks against the spread quickly here, real quick. Um, You're what in I'm, the season? I'm something and something. I think I'm 13 and 21. Is that good? Is that possible? No, it's not. There's we've had 11 weeks. That'd be 33 games. <laughs> That's 34. So I'm probably 13 and 20. There you go. Okay. It's a rebuilding year. <laughs> but my athletic director's been. Threatening me, like you're going to get five. Coaching under pressure. Okay, fine. Okay. fine, fine. Syracuse plus nine, Notre Dame. SMU, who's been better than Memphis this year. No, just just real fast. Syracuse plus nine against Notre Dame. That's yeah. it. You said okay. real fast. Okay. We've, okay. We just talked about that, that game. That's true. That's fair. Sorry. SMU is tied for first place in the AAC West. They're an eight and a half point home dog to Memphis. Hmm. I've got SMU plus eight and a half at home. Do you think Vegas is begging you to take that? I think they're just not paying attention. To okay, that's that maybe true. Um, and then again, my kind of my kind of college football fan, a team that they have not been paying attention to that I've I've won on a couple times lately. My so that's all of the wins you've had. My Warhawks from ULM Louisiana Monroe won comfortably last week over South Alabama. They're a nine point dog at Arkansas State. Warhawks plus nine. So ULM, ULM plus nine. Syracuse plus nine and a half. And SMU plus nine and a half. What was the numbers? Syracuse plus nine, SMU plus eight and a half, eight and a half. ULM plus nine. You always get on me for picking favorites, so. Dog, dog, dog. Dog, dog, dog. I like it. Almost three double-digit dogs. Let's go corn dog. <laughs> Let's chuck it all around, man. High scoring game. To, when you do like radio interviews, do you, I, I refer to him as corn dog. Do you? I just think liberalism is killing uh, all of our student athletes. Corn dog included. I think a coach who flirts with other jobs repeatedly to, should and not, gets more should, money should, should not, not rip ad, about kids committing. Yeah, yeah, transferring. What's funny is I don't disagree with Mike Gundy about you know the lack of commitment for millennials or whatever. I just don't think it has anything to do with liberalism. I think that's ridiculous. He's in. A, in fact, I'm pretty sure what we saw last week is about commitment. Actually, so. I, he's in the. I don't give a two. Yeah, he's mode. out. Of, yeah, <laughs> he just sits yeah. back. He says, "My hair is great. I'm going to say." But what you're I want. right. You can't flirt with Tennessee and LSU and every job in America, and then preach to your kids about commitment so right sort of like uh preaching bible passages while also using professional masseuses while you're on recruiting visits to florida doesn't always go over well all right any other things you'd like to add to the the show that's already gone long today uh no there was, there was more news to discuss yeah no i'm good okay i'm good you i'm just i can't wait to just i i if you beat me in college fantasy football i'm gonna be so angry <laughs> i'm gonna be so angry all right. We'll be back. Enjoy what should we, be a very, if I, if very win, mediocre weekend of college football. Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah. I show up every time. Okay. Oh, yeah. Except when you can't. Adversity. I, I thrive. Thrive in adversity. It makes you better. It makes you stronger. You learn from yourself. And you get better. Thank you for that motivational talk. What I'm on is a sail here and a sail here. And I want to run the ball in the middle. Can you shut this thing off? Adios, everybody. Thanks for listening.